Hey guys, and welcome to the podcast channel for Impact Student Ministries, which is based out of Eubank Baptist Church in Eubank, Kentucky. We are all about discovering who Jesus is, discovering His purpose for us, and inviting others to do the same. We would love for you to join us on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. This podcast is a place where you can catch up on past conversations from our Wednesday night worship experiences. To stay connected, you can follow us on Instagram at Youth all one word, and on Facebook at Impact Student Ministries-UBankBC. Thank you for being part of the conversation, and let's keep discovering who Jesus is together. Um, man, it's, it's really good to be back here. Uh, as many of you all know, the past couple weeks have been wildly crazy, right? We have had camp, we've had VBS, and so we are finally back to... Uh, our regular Wednesday or our typical Wednesday night, and uh, I really mean this, but I, I really have missed this, and I've, I've felt like the past few weeks, like a, a part of me was missing, right? Because like this is just so natural and 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 real for me. So I'm so glad to be back here, and hope you guys are too. And so when I was uh, thinking through the rest of the summer, because I know summer has not officially started, it's not the date yet, but let's be honest, summer has started. Um, Today is our summer. Okay, well, let's be honest. Summer's already started, okay, regardless of what the date is, okay? Our summer has started like five months ago, okay? Um, so when I was uh, just kind of doing some uh, vision casting for the rest of the summer, um, it hit me that uh, between uh, our vacation in Montebecca's and uh, just our, our, our special Wednesdays coming up, we only have four more regular Wednesday nights before fall gets here. That's crazy, isn't it? Only four more regular Wednesday nights um, before fall gets here. And so when I thought about that, uh, I kind of put some pressure on me. Because I was like, okay, what, what should I or where should we go uh, for these uh, last four regular Wednesdays? What is something, what is a direction uh, that would be helpful for, for all of us? And uh, in my time of thinking through it and talking to God about it, I, I found myself coming back to the series you see behind me. And uh, so the series that we're kicking off tonight is called Who Am I? Now, what I've realized in studying this is that all of us, whether you are a student or you're an adult, um, all of us have several moments in our lives where we come face to face with this question. We may not say it out loud, but we think it, right? Uh, we have moments where we come to this question that really centers around what is our identity. Uh, these moments as adults can happen when someone goes from being single to married, because that's a very big difference. Um, it can happen when a husband and wife have a kid, uh, their first one. Uh, can happen when uh, for, for a parent when their kid has kids and they become a grandparent, can also happen in, in that moment when all the kids leave the house and it's just the husband and wife again. But what I also know is that this identity crisis, this identity issue, also is a very heavy thing for students at times. Because students have these moments just as much as adults do. And, and what I love and what I try to do in all my messages that I, that I give here is that I, I, I try to give them in a way that 
um, not only is applicable for you as students, but it's also it's, it's applicable for our adults as well, because we are grateful that we have so many adults and college leaders who, who give their Wednesdays to be here. So I want this to be beneficial for them as well. And that's when it hit me that both adults and students have these moments often and several times where they have to ask themselves, who am I? Now, going back to students, this is true for fifth graders going into middle school. Who will I be in middle school? Will I be the same uh, kid that I was in fifth grade? Will I be as popular? Will I be the center of attention? Or will I kind of fade into the background? It's true for eighth graders going into high school, right? Will I be the same person as I was in middle school? It's also true for 12th graders leaving high school. Whether they go into college or not, they ask, who will I be in this next season of, of, of life? And uh, what I've noticed about today's culture, I'm sure you all would agree, but there are so many voices telling you who you should be. Good, bad, and different, there are so many voices telling you who you should be. And if we're being honest, even church does this, right? Like, let's, let's be real. Even church tells you the kind of person you should be. The difference is the church, hopefully, uh, if, 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 if a church is doing things right, they base that off what the Bible says and nothing else. And so we're told in so many ways who we should be. Social media has, has not helped that one bit. And there are so many, especially since the spike of COVID, uh, that seemed to be like the rise of influencers because no one else had anything to do. They couldn't leave their house, whether they get on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram or, social, or uh, TikTok, and they, and they become an influencer. They, they, they become a person who tells you what the coolest trend is, what the uh, next hottest thing is. So uh, again, there's just so many voices that tell us who we should be. And if we're being honest, whether we're a student or an adult, uh, we can get lost in the chaos sometimes, can't we? We can get lost trying to figure out what voice has or should have the most power or the most weight in us. And while we may struggle and uh, get lost in this chaos of figuring out who we are, there's one thing that stays constant. There's one thing that never changes. There's, there, there's one thing that no matter how intense or how long this battle is, there's one thing that stays consistent. There's one thing that stays constant. And that one thing is the fact that God stays consistent. Because from the very beginning, God had a purpose for you. Despite sin coming into the world and messing things up pretty big, that purpose he has for you has not changed. Uh, despite your mistakes, despite your past, whether it's known or not, despite um, all the ways and all the things and all the reasons why you think you're not good enough or that you shouldn't be used, none of that changes the fact that God has a purpose for every single one of you in this room right now. And so God from the beginning has told us who we are. God from the beginning has told us the purpose that we come with, and none of that has changed. Again, it doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter what you have or haven't said. It doesn't matter what you should or should have, shouldn't have done. That doesn't change God's plan for you. So God is consistent. So in this series, throughout the course of this series, we're going to see moments in different people's lives where they struggled with their identity. Because believe it or not, 
the greatest heroes in the Bible, the greatest people that we give so much weight and attention to, even they had moments where they said, who am I right now? If you don't believe me, think about David. I mean, how, how could he not think, who am I, when he was manipulating from a distance a man to be set up to be killed because he was sleeping with the, with the man's wife? Like, how could he not think, man, a, a little bit ago, I was praying to be a man after God's own heart, and now look at me, right? So even these heroes, even these people that we give so much time and attention to, even these people had moments where they said, who, who am I in this moment? And so we're going to see some of their stories, and what we're going to see is that despite their struggle, despite uh, their, their battle and figuring out who they were, they never stopped experiencing God's presence. Because they may have changed, they may have slipped away and gotten far away from God's original intention, which is hello is all of us, but that never changed the fact that God's presence was still there every single second of the day. So at this point, if you're on our Bible crew tonight, um, I want to give you a few minutes to get Bible. So if you're a Bible crew, uh, in the back, in the crates, there are Bibles. So grab Bibles, start passing them out. Uh, no one's standing up, great. So give me like f- five people to stand up and do it for me. Because um, we want you, uh, whether you're here with us or not, we want you to have a Bible in front of you. Um, so if you're joining us online by chance, uh, if you can, uh, don't do it while you're driving, but if you can, uh, find a Bible to have in front of you. Because what we believe here and what we hope for um, is that every single person who comes into this room, who comes into this space, that they would have a first-hand encounter with the living Word of God. Because if we're going to call it uh, the living Word of God, then we have to expect it to move and to speak and to teach every single time it's open in front of our face. So if you're uh, at home, find a Bible. Uh, if you're here, grab one of our Bibles here. And uh, once you do, which let me say this, um, over VBS, I use one of those Bibles that you all use, and I, I, I feel for you guys because I could barely see that Bible. So props to you guys for using these things for so long because I used them at VBS with a fully lit room, and I still struggled. Uh, so we are in the process of getting better Bibles that you can actually read in the dark. Um, and so once you have a Bible in front of you, uh, start making your way to Matthew chapter 14. That's where we're going to be for a majority of our conversation tonight, Matthew chapter 14. And uh, if you're using one of our Bibles here, it's on page uh, 462. So if you're using one of our Bibles here, uh, page 462 uh, is where we're going to be at tonight. And again, we're going to stay there primarily. Um, So once you're there, um, I want to kind of break away from our uh, typical way of doing things, and I, and I, I just want to give you uh, the, the, the first takeaway for our conversation tonight. So number one is this, recognize God's consistency. Recognize God's consistency. Now, when I was preparing this message and just working through this on my own, um, I came to the realization that we have to start here. We have to start with the fact that God is consistent uh, no matter what. And the reason we have to start here is because this speaks to why anyone can experience the presence of God in the midst of 
an identity, uh, uh, in the midst of identity chaos. So no matter what your chaos is, no matter what your storm is, no matter what your struggle is, no matter how far you feel from God, no matter how far uh, or how much you've done to, to lose uh, your place in God's family, which by the way is impossible, uh, no matter how you feel, what you feel, no matter what you think, no matter how you think, God's presence is available to you. But here's the thing. You have to seek God's presence first. Because God is available. He, he, they, there are things that we receive from God that we can receive from nobody else, nothing else. But we have to seek those things first. Because, see, God's not going to force himself on you. God, uh, that's never been his plan. It's never been his, I mean, God could have easily stepped in and stopped Adam and Eve from eating the apple, but he didn't. Why? Because he wants us to have free choice, this thing called free will. So we have to recognize God's consistency. So uh, you're not here, but I'm here. So listen to what it says in John chapter 16, uh, verse 33. John, six, John 16, verse 33. I have told you these things so that in me... You may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. So we often uh, use this verse uh, to give encouragement or to to remind ourselves uh, of the fact that we have victory through Jesus. Um, So it can can be easy to kind of hear this or see this and kind of just uh, eyes glaze over. Like, well, I've heard this one before. Uh, but can I tell you something really cool about the Bible? Um, this is really cool, and this is really powerful, too. There is no such thing as a contradicting verse in the Bible. So what I mean by this is that it's impossible to find two verses in the Bible that will speak against each other. So there's no verse in the Bible that cancels out another because right? we, we say all the time that the Bible is one narrative from the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation. It's one narrative. So every single verse in the Bible, even the ones that have all the names that you can't spell or read out loud, even the book of the Bible that has all the numbers that when you get to the fifth number, you're like, I'm done counting, right? Even those books of the Bible that aren't really read because, let's be honest, no one wants to read verse that they can't read, even those books of the Bible all tell the same story. They all point to one person. That person is Jesus. So there is no such thing as a contradicting verse in the Bible. So using uh, the verse that we just read uh, in John 16, verse 33, it's impossible, in my opinion, to find a verse in the Bible that communicates that Jesus didn't overcome the world. Because every verse in the Bible that I read tells me, and what I hope it tells you, is that Jesus overcame every aspect of the world. He went as far as to conquer death, which is uh, the world's worst uh, punishment for us. Even Jesus took that and redefined it. So in this moment, Jesus is telling his disciples then and us now that the only way to experience peace 
in a very chaotic world is by fixing their eyes on Jesus and remembering what he taught them. Because at, at, at this moment, at this point, Jesus has, has taught a lot of things. He has uh, taught several things, uh, not only to, to, to big crowds, but also to them individually. And so he has told them a lot of things. And in this moment, he's saying, hey, don't forget what I have told you. Because if you remember these things and you look at me, if you fix your eyes on me, you will know peace. To say it another way would be like this. Peace in the midst of chaos is only possible with Jesus. So if that's, if that's true, which I'm going to believe it's true, because that's what the Bible says. If that's true, how different would our experiences be if during the chaos and the storms and the doubt and the struggle, what would be different if our first glance, if our first look, if our first turn to was to Jesus and nothing else? I think that the reason why we go to so many things in our life to give us a solution or healing or a fulfillment or whatever is because those things don't work. <laughs> if they worked, we wouldn't have our list of 25 things that we go to, right? Like, okay, this don't work, then I'm going to this. Okay, that don't work. Like, we wouldn't have a list if the first thing we look to worked. And let me tell you, if, if, if the first thing you look to is not Jesus, it will never work for you. It never has in the past, it will, and it never will in the future. But if you look to Jesus first, you'll never have to look again. So many people want that one fix-all solution. So many people want that, that thing that will give us what we finally want. Listen, God has given us that through Jesus, and he's given us that through his word. Like, let's be honest, the Bible is one of the most accessible books out there. It is free. I mean, you can download an app on your phone and get, like, a lot of different versions of the Bible. But yet, why is the Bible one of the last things we go to? Why is the Bible one of the last things we look to when we're struggling? We look to our friends. We look to our social media. We look to uh, what the culture says. So if we fix our eyes on Jesus first, that's all we'll have to do. And I have to believe that the disciples, they knew what it was like to wrestle with their identity and how people saw them, right? Because some of these disciples had a really, really questionable and messed up past, right? Some of these disciples, I mean, they were the people that you would grow up not to be like. They would be the people that your parents and grandparents would say, hey, listen, when you grow up, don't be like them, right? But yet these same people that uh, were seen as questionable or, uh, or uh, not, not beneficial, these were the same people that wrote half of the entire Bible, okay? Think about that. People who were seen as unvaluable, who were seen as no good, who were seen as not worth looking to, not worth listening to, not worth following, these same people wrote half of the Bible. So you can't tell me that when God uses somebody, their past makes a difference. can't. You can't tell me that when God purposefully sets someone apart, that anything they do on their own will change the purpose God has given them. 
And so these disciples, I have to believe that they knew what it was like to struggle with being in between uh, or, just, or just struggling with being seen as a different person in Jesus without being brought back to their past, right? Like even Paul, think about this, even Paul, and, and some of y'all know this, even Paul, when he was first converted, when he first gave his life to Jesus, people who were still scared of him even said, hey, isn't this the guy who we were running from before? Isn't this the guy that we were scared of? Like, isn't this the guy that we would do anything we could to, like, to hide from them? Isn't this the same guy? Yet this same guy has been and will ever be considered one of the greatest missionaries ever to walk this planet. This same guy who was seen because of his past is the same guy who started a handful of churches that we read about today. So these disciples knew what it was like, and I have to believe, and we know this, that, that the people around them tried to do anything and everything they could to convince them that Jesus wasn't worth following. So I believe that the reason why they were told to fix their eyes on Jesus was because every time they did, they would see and be reminded that Jesus secured theirs and our victory and still holds our victory. Jesus even said, hey, listen, you're going to have trouble. You're going to struggle. Even as a Christian, you're going to struggle. You're still going to have hard days. You're still going to have moments where you question. I mean, listen to Zane doing the announcements. He's been a Christian for a while. Hey, now, listen, you'll, you'll get it one day. But even in the midst of all that chaos, whether it's chaos outside of ourselves or chaos inside of us, that does not change the fact that Jesus holds and will forever hold our victory. So this is the reality of who God is. God is consistent. And in the reality of, in the reality of who God is, we come face to face with the reality of who we are. And this leads us to our second takeaway for us to consider tonight. Number two is this, recognize our inconsistency. See, when we recognize God's consistency, we naturally recognize our inconsistency. Now I want to go to our, our scripture in Matthew. Now this, this story is familiar. Most of y'all, if you've been in church for, uh, we'll say five minutes, you've probably heard the story You've probably seen it in a lesson because, I mean, this really is a great lesson to teach in, in Sunday school, right? I mean, a dude walking on water. Like how, how, like, how else can you get your students excited about church, right? This guy walked on water, right? And even as a pastor, this is a great story for illustrations, right? Like, you, I mean, you, you really get the emotional heart of pulling somebody out of the water, right? So this is a great story. So be, be in church for five minutes, and you're going to see this. But here's what I want to challenge you with. Don't overlook this. Don't let the familiarity of this verse cause you to check out for the rest of the service. Don't do that. But look with me at the first uh, couple of of verses in, in Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 26. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, 
buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out, went out to them walking on, the, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. So what's going on here? So after the, the disciples witnessed Jesus provide uh, food for 5,000 plus people with only uh, five loaves of bread and two fish, they're told to get into a boat, go to the other side uh, while, while Jesus uh, goes off to pray by himself. And after Jesus is done praying, he walks towards them on water. And uh, this leads them to being afraid. Um, and they see Jesus as uh, this distorted image coming towards them. And most translations use the word ghost when they describe this. And so again, you've heard this part of the story. You've read this part of the story, hopefully. So how does this portion relate to us in 2023? Well, as I think about... Uh, the entirety of this moment, uh, the one we just read and the one to come here in a few moments, two opportunities stand out to me that I want us to recognize. Opportunity number one is that Jesus had the opportunity to experience the presence of his heavenly Father. That Jesus took time, listen, he, he took time, intentional time, to step away from the noise and spend time with his heavenly Father. When's the last time you turned off all the noise and spent time with your heavenly Father? When's the last time your quiet time was actually a quiet time and not a time with music playing in the background? Listen, I love music. I play music. I love having music in the background. Emerald, she loves music. But sometimes we have to turn off all the noise and sit and let God talk to us. So Jesus, he, 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 he takes intentional time to turn off the noise. And uh, as I was thinking about it, like, there's no better way to be reminded of our identity in Jesus and how God sees us in spending time in his word and spending time with him in prayer. Like if you need to be reminded of how God sees you, spend 10 minutes in his word and he'll tell you how he sees you. If you need to be reminded that you're no longer a slave to your past, no longer a slave to your history, spend, spend time in quietness for 10 minutes and let God remind you of that. I mean, today we went, we went hiking and we all made it, and Zane and I were in the back because I have asthma, and he felt bad for me. And I just said, man, it, 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 isn't this awesome? Just to sit and just listen. Like we weren't talking, we, we were just listening, and just hearing all the sounds around us. So Jesus, he, even he, I mean, he was the son of God. Like, he was God in and of himself. So, like, did he need to spend time with himself? Probably could have got away with it, but he didn't. He spent intentional time with his father. So that was opportunity number one. Opportunity number two is this. The disciples had the opportunity to experience the power of Jesus and the consistency of God. You see, to the disciples, this was a moment of fear for them. They were so fearful that they saw Jesus as this distorted image. To the disciples, this should have been, this should have been a moment of remembrance because if you read in uh, Matthew chapter 8, actually, uh, the disciples are in a boat with Jesus in a storm. And Jesus does the same thing he did in this moment. So they should, have, they should be like, oh, hey, by, hey, we were in a boat with him like a few chapters ago. Like, we were in the same place in a storm, freaking out. And God calmed the storm. That should have been what was on their mind, but it wasn't. There was fear. 
to the disciples, this was going to be a moment where they would see God show up through Jesus again. Because the New Testament is full, really the Old Testament, is the whole Bible is full of God showing up through people that are willing, that are willing to say, God, use me. What if we looked at moments in our life and asked, and asked ourselves, what is God trying to do in this and through this? What would happen, you think, if when we were stressed out or frustrated or doubtful or questioning, what would happen, you think, if the first thing we said, God, what are you trying to do through this? I, I don't believe God intends for us to doubt who he is. Because honestly, our doubt comes from ourselves. <laughs> because he has proven himself again and again and again. So it's not God's intention for you to question who he is. He has proved himself. <laughs> he has showed who he is. So those moments that we feel far away from God often aren't fueled by God. They're fueled by our own stuff getting in the way. So what would happen if we said, God, what, what are you trying to do through this? God, what's, what's your intention behind this? And as this portion of Matthew 14 closes out, we see this opportunity <clears throat> that we have with our inconsistency. Because again, I know this is kind of mean, but listen, you are not consistent. Sometimes you are terrible about showing up. Sometimes when people need you the most, that's when you let them down the most. That's not me being mean, that's me being realistic. And that's true for every single person in this room. In this moment, at the end of this, we see what can happen when we embrace our inconsistency in the moments that God gives us. And this is our, our third thing. Number three, recognize opportunities to encounter God's consistency. Recognize opportunities to encounter God's consistency. Real quick, I know we're out of time, but real, real quick. Listen to verses uh, 27 through 33. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and and began to sink, cried out, Lord, save me immediately. Jesus reached out. His hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So as Jesus says, Hey, it's me. Peter says, Hey, listen, Jesus, prove it by letting me walk on water towards you. Jesus says, All right, come on. Peter starts walking, and then uh, he, he experiences two things that we often experience. He experiences fear because of the storm, because of the wind, because of the waves. But then he also gets distracted by those same things. Because you see, when his eyes were focused on Jesus, he was walking on the water fine. Because when he was walking on the water, the storm was still going on, from my understanding. I could be wrong. But the storm was still going on when he was walking on water towards Jesus. But what changed wasn't his situation. What changed wasn't his settings. What changed wasn't his surroundings. What changed was him, that he took his eyes off of Jesus, and then he began to sink. So nothing changed around him. He changed. But despite his fear and being distracted, Jesus pulls him out right away. Peter is you and me. Let's be honest. He is you and me. 
In this moment, Peter went back and forth between fear and faith several times. Right? He started, well, he, he was in this place of faith. Jesus, let me walk on water. He had faith then. He was walking then, but then he went back to fear. Right? Well, he had fear in the beginning, right? Storm, fear. Jesus, let me, Jesus, let me walk on water, faith. Start sinking, fear. And then faith again, you are the Son of God. So, so Peter goes back and forth between fear and faith several times, but despite the moments of going back and forth, despite the moments of being inconsistent in that one small moment, Peter was still seen and saved by Jesus. See, Peter is, is not the only person in the Bible that we can see ourselves in, if you think about it. It can be easy to look at people in the Bible and see their victories and not their struggles or defeats. It can be easy to look at people in the Bible and hold them up on a pedestal and think, man, if only I could be like them. But in doing this, we forget that they were just like us. (laughs) They had some messed up pasts. They had some messed up stories. They had complicated lives. Again, David. I mean, Abraham told people that his wife was his sister. How, How much more complicated can you get than that? They had their messes at different times, but despite the weight of their complications and messes, God still showed up, showed up through them. We, we read of God doing incredible things through them despite their complications, despite their messes. Why? Our, consist- our inconsistency doesn't change God's consistency. Even when we don't show up or show up well, God shows up and shows up well every single time. Here's a question I want you to think. Think about what is your identity based on? There are so many things that you can place your identity in. Sports, school, church, social media, being the the, the smartest, funniest, best looking, whatever. You can put your identity in so many things these days. The thing is, they will not last or fulfill us for eternity. Again, if, if we... If we had things that worked, we wouldn't have our 20 things to go to, right? We wouldn't have five jars of ice cream in the freezer, right? That's why we have our things. So our, our prayer is that every student and adult who, who spends time with us would base their identity on Jesus and Jesus alone. The only way to have our identity based on Jesus is to recognize who Jesus is to accept his message, which we call the gospel. And here's the gospel in a very condensed, short nutshell. The gospel is a belief in who Jesus is, that he's a man who lived, on, who lived a perfect life on this planet, died on a cross in a place that should have been ours, and rose from the grave three days later, all because he loves you. That's who Jesus is. Here's who we are. A person who... who has not or will ever live a perfect life on this planet. No matter how hard you try, you can't do it. We're a person who desperately needs a Savior to save them because good works is not enough. You can't be good enough. We're a person who needs to recognize Jesus as their Savior. And we're a person who needs to surrender everything to Jesus and commit the rest of our life to Him. So if you're here, you've never done that. That's what you have to do tonight. In fact, that is the only thing for you to worry about tonight. You give your life to Jesus. Maybe you're here and you have done that. But if you're being honest, if you were to, if you were to be honest with yourself, you would say, you know what, Aaron? 
and parts of my Christian life haven't been that consistent. Listen, I'll, I'll go first. Right now, my prayer life is terrible. Right now, my prayer life is borderline inconsistent or, or non-existent, actually. But I have things. My prayer life is not good. If you were to ask me how many times I've prayed with my wife in the past three years, or I guess six years that we've been married, maybe 10 times, maybe. But even I have moments. I have things in my life that aren't consistent. I have things in my life that aren't good. So maybe you're here, you've been a Christian, you've, been, you've made that decision, and you've been coming to church your entire life. You've been to camps, you've made decisions, you've had emotional responses, but you would say, there's some things I'm just not quite getting. I'm going to invite Lucas and Hallie to come up and lead us in one more song in Decker. And while they're playing, we'll be right over here. Listen, we, we had a great time at camp a few weeks ago, and we had a lot of responses at camp. But here's what I know. Same, the same responses that we saw at camp, we can see right here in this room every single week. At camp, some of you guys, actually most of you all, you were unashamed to hit your knees and cry out to God. You were unashamed to hit, hit, hit your knees at the altar and pray. You were unashamed. You did not care to do that. But for whatever reason, when we get back here, all of a sudden, you're more aware. You're, you're, more, you're more whatever about what's going on. Listen. We can have the same experience at camp here every single week. When they're singing, I'm going to be over here, and I want to challenge you. If you know, if you know, because all you guys are smart, you're intelligent. Some of you know what God's talking to you about right now. Some of you know what God's been telling you about for several, several weeks or months. If that's you, I'm going to be right over here, and I just want to pray with you. If you want to talk, I'll talk with you. If you don't know who Jesus is personally, come find me. Let's fix that before you leave tonight, okay? And if we have to stay here all night, I'll, I'll take you home myself, okay? But don't let this moment pass when you know, when you know God's talking to you. Don't let it pass and leave the same way you came in an hour ago. If you do that, you're wasting an incredible opportunity. We pray for you, Father, we love you. And I pray right now, God, that as we spend time worshiping, that you would just speak. That whatever conversation uh, you've been having, that you have it, God. And that you would give all of us the boldness and courage, no matter who's around us, no matter what our thoughts saying that God, if we, if we need to come even to this altar right now, even at this stage right now, if we need to come right here, hit our knees and pray and grab someone with us and bring them with us, then God, give us the courage and the boldness to do it. Because God, we don't have to be at camp to experience what we experience at camp. Because your same presence that was there at camp is here right now. And if you, and if we let you, God, you will do the same thing you did at camp, if not more. Father, I pray this, that we respond best we can in this moment. We ask all this in your name. Amen.